I am encouraged that I'm going to be all right. You should be encouraged that you're going to be all right. Doesn't matter where you are right now. We serve a God that instantaneously, miraculously, right where you are, He can transform your heart and your mind that you will not be the same after His power has come upon you. The Bible talked about Mary being overshadowed by the of the Lord. Immediately something happened to her. And I'm telling you somebody hear me this morning. I believe that God can move on you in such a powerful way that immediately, miraculously, divinely God can cause a great big change to come into your life. I believe you will do that today. I believe you will see a miracle today. I believe you will see a victory today. For the battle is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're so grateful. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. We're so grateful for another day to come and magnify the Lord, to be in His presence, to be connected with the people of God. It is just such a privilege that we are able to come together one more time. Amen. Amen. We're so thankful that you can join us this morning. Uh, I pray that today, as you interact with us, that you will be blessed. God will do something wonderful in your life. And your life will not be the same, but it will be better than when it was before you came and joined together. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, welcome to Christ Center Church. This is the church where Christ is our central focus. 
We don't focus on man. We focus on the Almighty God, Jesus Christ, the one who gave his life, the one who is the head of the church, the one who the church is his body, and he gives direction to his church. And so we're focused on him. He is the one that's calling the shots. He's the one that's leading the way. He's the one that's saving us. He's the one that heals us, delivers us. He's the one that brought us into existence. And so we give him all of the credit. We keep our focus on him. And so we welcome you to Christ-centered church. Amen. If you're not a part of this congregation and you're not a part of any congregation, we would love for you to become a part of this congregation. In this time of the pandemic that we're experiencing, it's, it's, it's wonderful that you can be a part of our congregation without coming to the building. It's always been that way. And uh, if you decide that you want to be a part of this congregation, you reach out to us and let us know. I will come and visit you no matter where you are. <laughs> no matter where you are. I'll come and visit you. I'll come and sit with you. Even if we have to do it through, you know, doors and windows because we can't touch. Whatever the circumstance we will work it out that we are able to allow you to be a part of God's kingdom. We will do whatever it takes to help you in the process of being what Christ has designed you to be. So we, we welcome you to become a part of this church if you're not a part of this church already. And for those of you that are a part of Christ Center Church, we, we welcome you again and we're thankful. We love each and every one of you. And those of you that are not a part, we love you. Amen. And so we're grateful that God has brought us together. In the kingdom of God, there is no coincidence. And so we don't want you to think that, well, it's just coincidence. Or I just happen to. No, none of that is coincidence. It's what God has orchestrated. And so you might not understand that God is in the midst of it orchestrated, moving the pieces so things will just work for his purpose and for his will. But we know. And so we thank you for being a part of our service today. We're going to go right into prayer. And uh, we're going to ask God's blessing upon our service today. And we're going to ask that God will direct us and lead us. We'll, we'll ask God to just do something supernatural in our prayer last night. Our corporate prayer at 6.30 on Saturdays, as we prayed last night, we prayed for our congregation, for the congregations across this nation and the congregations globally across our world. And what we prayed was that every person who, who just came together for the, the will of God to be done in their life, that came together as the body, uh, I pray that they will experience something supernatural, something divine, something heavenly something godly in their life that they will never be the same again. Amen. And I pray that for us here at Christ-centered church, I also pray for all the churches across our nation and the churches globally across our world because I'm desperate, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty to see more of God manifestation in my life, in the life of those that I love, in the life of the people in our in our state, in our nation, and across the world, I hunger, I long, I thirst to see the miraculous, the divine, the heavenly begin to manifest in all of our lives. So that's what we're praying this morning for God to do. And of course, 
we're asking God. We don't tell God what to do because God is all-knowing. So he knows everything, and so we can't tell him something. I, well, we can tell him. Doesn't mean that he has to listen because he already knows everything. But what we can do is ask. And usually when you're asking for something, it's because you believe that you need it. You believe that you have to have it. And so when you begin to pray and ask for something that you believe that you have to have, God will show up because that's where faith begins to operate and faith is the currency that God responds to. And so if you believe this morning that you need a divine, a heavenly, a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in your life that will change you and, and, and help you to see situation and circumstances around you differently. A lot of times we're asking for God to change us, uh, and, and that's wonderful, and that's what we're supposed to ask. But the other thing we ask God to do is change our situations and circumstances. And that's not always what God's will is for your life, for him to change your circumstance or your situation. What he wants to do is change you, because when you become uh, a child of God, when you become certain of uh, God being your father and you having a relationship with him, you can stand in any situation. The three Hebrew boys was in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace, and they were supposed to be just enveloped by that flame and consumed and be destroyed. But because there was a fourth man in the fire with them, guess what? The Bible said they were not burned, they were not burned up, their hair was not singed, neither was any smoke on them. So it's not about it's not about you changing. It's not about the circumstances around you changing. It's about you changing so you can handle the circumstances around you. Amen. Because God can save you today and the circumstance and situation around you is still the same. But because you're saved, because the power of God is flowing through you, you will be able to see the situation different and you will be able to withstand and deal with it. And so that's what we're heading for this morning. So let's join together. If you will stand with me wherever you are, wherever you are, stand with me. If you're in your living room, if you're in your bedroom, you know I always encourage you to get out of the bed and, and get on the couch at least or sit in the kitchen or do something where you begin to let some uh, activity come into your body. Brother Tom will tell you exercise is good for you. So if you really want to allow God to work in your life and, and you begin to respond, have an expectation, have an anticipation. And when you're in the bed, it means you don't have an expectation. But when you get out of the bed and, and you move about and get into a place where you're saying, well, here is where I'm going to sit today to respond and to praise the Lord, then you have an expectation and God will meet you at your expectation. God will meet you at the level of your expectation. So wherever your level of expectation really is, God will meet you there this morning. So what am I trying to tell you to do? Raise your level of expectation so God can meet you where you are. So we're going to pray. Here's what I want for you to do as you begin to pray. Pray for your family, your friends, your loved ones, the people that you know that are not in Christ the way they can be in Christ. Pray for them this morning. Uh, and, and, and if you have our, our, the links to all of our live stream platforms, if you have the link to all of our live stream platform, please go ahead right now and send those links out to the people in your life that you know they're not saved. They could be backslidden. They could just be in a bad place, in a dark place. 
They could just be going through something. Whatever they're are they are going through, and whatever you know is happening in their life, please send them this link right now. Send them our our live feed platform links so they can really get to hear a word from the Lord today. I believe God is going to speak to our hearts today, and especially those that may not have the relationship that they desire and intend to have with God. I believe that God will speak to you today. If you've been praying for a relative to be saved, a family member to be saved, a friend to be saved, if you've been praying, I believe that they will take the opportunity today to listen to the word. This could be the day that they're saved. This could be the day that they're delivered. This could be the day that they're transformed by the power of God. So share the link with them right now. As we begin to go into prayer, share the link with them um, I sat here this morning, and as God moved on me, even before I came in service, that's what I felt impressed by the Spirit of the Lord this morning to do, was to share the link. And so I began to share it with some of my family that I love so dearly. And so I hope they tune in. I love my family. I appreciate them, even though I don't see them all the time. Trust me. I love my family. Uh, I, we are family, and, and you should feel the same about your family. You're, we're family no matter what. And, and none of us, none of us uh, made the decision to be family with the people that we're family with. <laughs> none of us made that decision, right? So I guess God had something to do with it. Not guess, we know God had something to do with it. But we had nothing to do with it. We just became family. And so we have to embrace that. And love each other no matter what our flaws, no matter what our faults are. Just embrace and love one another because we're family. Somebody say amen. 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 Let's go before the Lord and pray this morning. And pray for our family, friends, loved one, And pray for our service. Father, in your precious and holy name. We're grateful and thankful to come together one more time under the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Almighty God. Oh, Father, there's something that's happening in the realm of the Spirit. And oh, how we desire to be a part of whatsoever you're doing. Oh, how we desire, Lord Jesus, to have a better relationship with you. A relationship, Lord God, that we can rest assured of certainty that, Lord, we are one with you. And that, Lord, we are in your will. And we are living according to the purpose you have designed our lives for. This morning, Lord God, we will give you the praise. We will lift up your name. We will honor you. For you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. As a matter of fact, Lord, we ask that you will be Lord of our life. That whatsoever you command, that's what we will do. Because that's what a Lord is. A Lord reigns over or whatever he's Lord over. And so this morning we ask you, be Lord over our life. Because you know what's best for us. You know what we need. You can carry us into everlasting life. And so, God, we ask this morning that you will have your way in our hearts and in our thoughts, uh, that you will speak to us, Lord God, the word of life, uh, that the Spirit of the Lord will overshadow us, Lord God, uh, and that we, Lord Jesus, will be transformed, uh, never ever to be the same again, Lord God, uh, for all the things, Lord God, uh, that we have called on your name for, uh, for all we cried out to you for, uh, Lord, it can happen in an instant uh, by the power and the authority of the word of God uh, and the power of the name of Jesus. 
Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, will you flow? Will you move? Oh, God, will you set free? Will you raise up? Will you save? I'm asking, Lord God, according to your will, by the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Have your way today, great God. Believe in all services, Lord God, in a majestic and sovereign way. Will you move in our service today, Lord God? Will you move upon the hearts of your people today, Lord God? We don't want to be the same again. Will you open our eyes to see differently? Will you want to stop our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying unto us? And will we, Lord God, impart into our soul the engrafted word of God, the change that we need, and we can never be the same again? I pray, Lord, that there will be a divine visitation of God to every person that is feeding today.
We will make a way to get to you and, and help you with what whatever your need is. We will make sure you have that need met. So reach out to us. Let us know. And we will do our best to be a blessing to you. So we want to obey God in every way. Amen? So get your offering in your hand. I'm going to pray that you are blessed from your giving offering in your hand. Amen. And if you don't have your offering in your hand, have your offering in your mind and in your heart, whatever you're going to give. Remember, we have different ways of giving. Um, you can give to us by going to our church website, ChristCenteredOnline.com, ChristCenteredOnline.com. And you can give there. Click on the link to give. You can give that way. Also, um, you can give by, uh, if you have a PayPal account, you can give uh, by PayPal. Look for our church, Christ Center Church. So you can give by PayPal. Um, as I mentioned before, if you would like to reach out to um, Sister Patrice, she um, and you just call her up uh, or, or text her, you can do your giving electronically through her. Um, we have um, um, where we can swipe your card if you need it that way done manually. We can do that. So that's another way. And the fourth way, as I mentioned to you, uh, if you need me to come by and pick up, you can you can let me know. Or if you'd like to mail, mail the offering out, 22 Concord Avenue, Hamilton, New Jersey, 08619. There are some people that mail their offering in. And so we thank God for you. And more importantly, God is blessing you. So give this morning. Father, as we come before you to give up our finances, you have afforded us the health and strength to earn whatever increase we have, Lord God. We do not take it for lightly. We don't, we do not take it lightly and we do not take it for granted that Lord God is because of you we're able to go out and earn a living. The mind that you've given us, the understanding that you've given us for us to have skill to work and earn, Lord God. All of it is because of your goodness. And so, Lord, we will obey you. We will do what you ask us to do, what you command us to do, which is to bring our tithes and offerings into the storehouse. We come this morning cheerfully and willingly. We pray that you'll bless and give back unto the givers and multiply this offering for thine intended purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say amen. 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 Thank you, Give, as we have Brother Scarlett and Brother Josiah to come to minister in songs. Amen.
Josiah, Brother Scarlett, appreciate you. I appreciate them because I understand what it takes to prepare every week to do something. And they just don't come and minister to you in songs just what you see here. They have to practice. They have to work on it and make sure they're good at it before they finally present to you in worship in songs. And so I appreciate them. I appreciate their effort, their time that they give uh, to give God the honor and the praise Amen. and us being blessed Amen. from that. And so we thank God for Brother Josiah Amen. and Brother Scarlett. Amen. Amen. I also want to say I appreciate all of you that always give us feedback. <laughs> My daughter-in-law just gave some feedback this morning on the sound. Appreciate it, daughter-in-law. <laughs> and so I appreciate um, you all give feedback. Please give all the feedback you can. Our desire is to give you the best quality um, that we can give you in this situation. We want to give you the best quality. Just like when we preach, minister the word of God, we want to give our very best. Um, we, we try our best to do what God wants us to do. And so we want to do everything in excellence. Everything Amen. that we do Amen. in excellence. We don't want to take any shortcuts. God is supposed to get the very best from us. And so we try our best to give you the very best as we try to serve the Lord. And so we appreciate your feedbacks. Continue to give feedbacks. And we will do our best to adjust while we're in the middle of our service. And so we, I believe we've adjusted and we will continue to go. But if something occurs while service is going on, you know how to get in touch with our audio-visual personnel. Get in touch with them and give them the feedback as to what's going on so we can make sure everyone is blessed. Stand with me. We're going to go before the Lord. Um, we're going to read the Word of God. And when we open up the Scriptures, um, the Bible says in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. So we give real honor to the reading of the Word of God because it is uh, God is synonymous with His Word. And so we give um, honor to Him when we open up the scriptures and begin to read, as I mentioned time and time again, every time I'd ever visited a court, a courthouse, that um, we have to stand for the honorable, whoever the honorable is. And so they come out in their black robe, and we stay standing, and when they sit, then we sit. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm okay with that. But when I'm drawing... To, to bring to your attention is that if we do that for a man or a woman, then how much more should we do for the creator Amen. of everything? That's right. The Lord Almighty. So will you stand with me? Amen. 
I see somebody scooting out the bed now to stand. I appreciate that. He's scooting out the bed. All right, let me get out this bed. All right. Second Peter chapter three verse one. We're going to read Second Peter chapter three verse one through four, and then we'll skip down to verse eight and nine. Second Peter chapter three one through four. Then we'll do verse eight through nine. Are you ready to read? Amen. Let's read together. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. I got to read that again. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure mind by way of of remembrance. Verse 2. That ye may be mindful. Of the words. Which are spoken by. The holy prophets. And of the commandments. Of us. The apostles. Of the Lord. And Savior. Verse 3. Knowing this first. That there shall come. In the last days. Scoffers. Scoffers is another word for mockers. So when you see that word scoffers here, it's saying in the last days, mockers should come. Walking after their own lust. Key word. Verse 4. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? Now, make great note of that. Where is the promise of his coming? coming. And so make a note of that because they're talking about his promise of his coming. For since the father fell asleep, or the fathers fell asleep, all things continued as they were from the beginning of creation. Verse 8. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Singular word. Remember in verse 4, it talked about, it talked about the promise of the Lord. Now, here we go again. It's in the same text, so it's staying in the same uh, subject. And the subject is saying, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Today, I want to talk to you on this subject. Jesus wants to save you. Jesus wants to save you. Amen. You may be seated. Peter wrote this epistle to the believers in Asia Minor to stir them up by reminding them of the holy words spoken and written. That they should remember the words which should be spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandment 
of the Lord and Savior through the apostles. Today, I hope to do the same, to stir you up regarding this promise of the Lord Jesus, to cause you to make necessary biblical changes commanded by the prophets, the apostles, and the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to save yourself and to be ready for his second coming. We have the Bible as our teacher, our example, that we may avoid making the same errors and mistakes of our predecessors. We have to realize that when we pick up this sacred book and we begin to read the pages, the words of the scriptures, that we're reading the word of God. The power that will change us. The word that when you live it out, it will become a living word in your life. And so I'm here to stir you up today. I'm here to challenge you. I'm here to remind you, as Peter reminded the believers in Asia Minor, I'm here to remind you that God had promised that he would come again. Somebody say amen. amen. We need changes that lead to salvation to take place in our soul today. We, we can't uh, 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 allow just our tradition and our everyday way of being and living to be the, the dominant thing in our life. We, we must remember the things of God. We must uh, regurgitate the things of God. We must make sure the things of God are, are what's in the forefront of our mind as opposed to the things of our daily lives. Because I read in the Bible where the scripture says that, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things that we have need of God will provide and so I want the things of God to be the first things in my life and everything else can come afterwards and so we must we must remember the promise that God made about his return his second coming for the people of God Amen, amen. the believers Peter ministered to were sincere and genuine. But even sincere and genuine Christians can forget, doubt, or even stray away from something they believe. This is why Peter came to them. And Peter wanted to remind them because doubt may have crept in. That that they may have got to the place where they forgot what the scripture, what the word of God had promised them. And so they, they might have allowed it to escape them. And sooner or later, they could be straying a little bit. And so Peter came to remind them about the promise that was made. That Jesus will come again. That Jesus will return to this earth a second time. Amen, amen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jesus promised that he would come again. But many years has passed and nothing has happened. Concerns about the day of Christ's second coming had caused Paul to write words of encouragement to other believers. He encouraged some by responding to their questions regarding the truth of resurrection. Some in Thessalonica were concerned that their loved ones who had died had missed the second coming. Others in the city uh, had stopped working in order to wait for Christ's return. 
Uh, James also wrote to the believers, encouraging them uh, to have patience as they await the return of the Lord. And so because so many people had expectations and so many people believed the promise of God and it hadn't happened yet, so many people are living their life like it will not happen. Amen. The scoffers or mockers, if you will, base their argument of this on, on this, his promised return of the fact that since the ancestors died, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Nothing has ever really changed. So why think that he will ever return? Mm, scary. Many first century Christians believe that Jesus would come in their lifetime. We like to make things about us. Don't we? If he don't come in my lifetime, then that means he's not coming. <laughs> oh, help us, Lord. Who do we think we are? I told you earlier, he is the shot caller. We're not the shot caller. And so you can't base his his word on whether you experience it or not. That that will, you know, say it's right or not. When Christians began to die without experiencing the Lord's return, some began to doubt. These were prime targets for false teachers, mockers, who pointed out that per perhaps it was all a lie and Christ was never going to return. Let me tell you something. The devil looks for any kind of opportunity to get you to doubt Christ. You hear me this morning? The devil will cause a lot of situations to take place around you. You will begin to see things and you will begin to look at the signs and begin to make rash or irrational judgment and decisions because you're looking at what's going on around you. Remember what I told you this morning. God told us to give whether there's a pandemic or not. And God will do what he says he will do whether there's a circumstance that you're going through, whether you are struggling. It's not what's going on right now with you. I want you to hold on to the promise of God. For what God says, He will do. And so no matter what it looks like, you can look to the left, you can look to the right, you can look behind you. You need to understand that if God made a promise, that promise is sure to be fulfilled. But when it takes a while to be fulfilled, the mockers, the devil, he will come lurking and how can I take advantage of this person, of this situation that's going on? How can I take advantage? I'll figure out a way so they can start doubting God, so they can stop believing his word. The devil and the mockers are out there trying to get you to become discouraged, trying to get you to doubt God, trying to get you to believe erroneous doctrine because they want to stop you from your destiny. They want to stop from the promise that God has made for your life. But I'm here to tell you, God cannot lie. If He made a promise, that promise surely will come to pass. Don't let the circumstances, don't let your surroundings begin to discourage you. Don't allow the voice of the devil and negative people to get into your ear. Because God has made a promise, and that promise certainly will come to pass. Somebody say amen. Clap their hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 
anyone, listen to me, why do you think anyone would want to believe or want you to believe Christ will not return at all? That this stuff about him returning is just a hoax. Ask yourself, why would anyone want to believe that? Or why would anyone want you to believe that? Ask yourself. Think about that for a second. Why do they want me to believe that? Why do they want me to not believe that he's coming back? Why do they want me to, 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 to just don't think that that's truth and the Bible is all, you know, we like to say, oh, I don't believe everything in the Bible and all that stuff. Why do you think that those thoughts will come into your mind. Why do you think that? Why do you think people will try to plant doubt in your mind about Christ? Right. Come on. Amen. I'll tell you why. My Lord. Let me tell you why. Because they want to continue indulging in their lust. This is what the Bible said about the mockers. They want to continue to indulge in their lust, doing their own thing, living just the way they prefer without any conviction. And so we have so many people that are saying, oh, everything in the Word of God is not true. There's some things that's not right. I don't believe all that stuff. I don't follow all that stuff because look at this and look at that. I'm here to tell you the devil, he wants you to indulge in your lust. He wants you to indulge in a lifestyle that is ungodly and you can now be away from God and miss out on your promise and miss out on your destiny. He's trying to get you to miss out on your destiny. He's trying to get you to miss out on the promises of God. Somebody say amen. 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 Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. We all have motives as to why we do the things we do. We usually, uh, usually our motives are justifications for our actions. Mm. Yes. Yes. I, I tell people that all the time. You see people doing something and because you don't, you're not them. So you don't understand why they're doing it. Whether good or bad, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. When you see people doing something, there's a motive inside of them. What do you think police officers and detectives does when they start investigating the case? They want to know what is the motive. Because if you can't find motive, then you won't be able to explain why the action took place or what caused this action. So they're always looking for motive. So when you see people doing something, there is a motive behind it. You may not have the same motive, and that's why you won't do it. But if you had their same motive, you will then do it. It's about the motives. And so we have to ask God to help us in those kind of situations. Somebody say amen. Amen, amen. My Lord. They said, the mockers said, for since the fathers fell asleep, all things continued as they were from the beginning of the creation. In other words, he is not coming. Don't believe the hype. Mm, come on. That, that's, what, that's what the mockers, that's what Satan is trying to tell you. Oh, he's not coming. Live your life however you want. Come on. Come on. I smile. I was just talking the other day when I was over with Julius doing Bible study. We were just kicking it. And I said to him, Brother Julius, we can't lose 
following the teachings of the Word of God. I said, just think about this. The teachings of the Word of God, if God is not real, and God is not coming back, and there's really no heaven, and all this stuff that we talk about, if it's not true and it's not real, the Word of God has made us morally good people. Don't you want to be a moral good person? So if God is not real, and the Word is not true, and heaven is a hoax, but you obey this Word, won't you be a good moral person? Won't you treat people right? Won't you? Wouldn't we still have peace in our life if we're following that text that says love your neighbor as yourself? How would we ever have war if we're loving our neighbors as ourselves? So if there is no God and he's not real and there's no heaven and all of that stuff, but we still obey his word, we don't lose. We're good moral people that treat our brothers and sisters with the same love we want to be treated with. So we don't lose. Come on now. Come on. Take your time. But if, that's for some of you, because for me, I know. If he's real. If heaven is real. If hell is real. If his second coming is true. And we lived the way we wanted to and just ignored him, then what? Then what? Tell me how we make up for that. The Bible says there's a great golf fix between heaven and hell. A great golf fix. And so it means whenever you get to either one of those places, you can't go to the next one. So if you, you, you ended up in hell because you decided that I'm going to reject his word, I, 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 I didn't believe all that stuff, and you ended up there, there's no way to get to heaven. Mm. If you obeyed his word and you get to heaven and you, you're there, there's no way to go to hell. My Lord. Amen. Earth is the thing that hangs between heaven and hell. Amen. And this is where we make our decisions. We like to tell ourselves that, well, I'll make the decision when the time comes. Well, the time is always here because as long as we are in this place called earth, hell is down, heaven is up, we're in between. So right now is the time to make that decision. Right now is the time to do it. We can't wait till we leave here to make the decision because when we leave here, we're going to one of those places, up or down. So we can't make this decision when we leave here because we already will be in transit. But when we make the decision, while we're here, when we leave here, if we die before the second coming, then we already have set our journey in place. Somebody say amen. I know this is hard on this Sunday morning, but I love you. And if I love you, I got to tell you the truth. If I love you, I got to preach the word of God to you. I can't preach to make you feel good all the time. I got to preach God pure, unadulterated word that your life will never be the same. That you can be changed. That you can be healed. That you can be delivered. That you can live a victorious life. That you can be saved. I got to preach God's word. And not what I want. Amen. Amen. If it was up to me, I'd give you sweet talk all the time. Come on now. If it's up to me, I'd give you sweet talk all the time. You know what my son did to me this morning, the youngest one? I haven't been to Starbucks since March 16th, I believe. Haven't been there. Those of you that know me, I was going to Starbucks 
every day, sometimes twice a day. Uh, and then when, when pandemic started, I shut down. No Starbucks. I went to my roots and started drinking mint tea. And so my last born said this morning, Dad. I said, yeah. You need to go to Starbucks, Dad. And right away, the first thing I thought about was, man, my son just knows his dad and you know, he just want me to feel good and enjoy the things I enjoy. That's the first thing that came to my mind. I felt good. And then that joker said to me, yeah, because I haven't had a passion tea lemonade in a long time. <laughs> that was not right. He set me up to make me feel good, but all along, he had a hidden agenda. Well, I'm trying to tell you, I don't want to set you up to make you feel good temporarily, but then your life is in a mess. Because right. I didn't preach the word of God to you. Right. Plus, my, my plus it's going to re be required of me. I can't just preach what I want. Because guess what? If I don't preach the word of God, if I don't preach the truth, my soul is in jeopardy as well. Amen. So I got to preach the truth to you because I love you. I got to preach the truth to you because I'm trying to please my boss. They want us to believe there is no second coming of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, our motives in action reveal what we believe. Mm -hmm. Yes? Yes. Because your motive will drive your actions, and your action says what you really truly believe. Mm -hmm. One of many signs to know we are in the last days, close to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, is when you begin to see people's motives and actions saying, we don't believe in the second coming. Mm -hmm. So when you look around you, huh? Oh my God. The Bible says where sin abound, grace abound that much more. There's so much more to that. But what I'm trying to tell you is don't go by what you're seeing. Uh, you got to know the word of God. You got to know who God is. And the more we begin to enjoy what we like to call my life, the more we look around and see people doing the things they like and ignoring the things of God, the more we see people making it about themselves and not about anybody else, that's a sign to say the second coming is at hand. The second coming is near because the Bible talks about that mocker, the mocker will come and they will try to tell us and we will be indulging right. in the lust of ourselves right. the lust of our flesh right. what we desire, what we want and forget about what God wants maybe I throw God a bone on a Sunday morning after I spend all week long doing what I want after I spend all week long operating the way I want maybe I throw him a bone on a Sunday morning especially now it's easy because I can lay in my bed God. Listen, God knows everything. Mm. You're not throwing him a bone by showing up in church once a week. Come on. You're not doing God any favors. As a matter of fact, a lot of us don't realize going to church, I can't I shouldn't even say that word because you can't go to church. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You can't go to church. You go to the building where the church comes together to worship the Lord. You can't go to church. You either become the church or you're not the church. I don't have time to get into that. Go listen to one of our Bible studies that I talked about on Thursday night. But my, my point is, when you show up in the house of the Lord, you're showing up because you need something. 
Don't lie. Don't lie. Don't lie. It's okay. It's okay. Don't 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 click me off. Don't don't click me off. It's okay. Because when I first showed up in church, I showed up because I wanted something. So it's okay for all of us to show up because we want something. But we also got to open our heart and let the Lord begin to work on us and change us. Because what the Lord wants to do in our life is make our life better than what it is right now. And so going to church is not really doing something for the Lord. Going to church is really taking care of you. So don't ever let your subconscious deceive you and trick you into thinking, well, I went to church today, the Lord should be happy. Oh, the Lord is pleased with me today because I went to church. Can I mess with you a little bit more? You can show up in the house of the Lord. And if you, as a bona fide Christian, never praise the Lord, if you, as a bona fide Christian, never worship the Lord, what did you do? Come on, man. What should the Lord be pleased about? Come on. They are indulging in their own lusts, living according to how they feel, not according to the word of God. These mockers argue that ever since creation, the world has continued in natural order, a system of cause and effect. They did not believe that God would intervene or allow anything out of the ordinary to occur. Therefore, they scoffed, they mocked at the teachings about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the end of the world. Where is the promise of his coming is what they said. Amen. And so many of us today are still saying that. He's not here yet, so he must not be coming. And that's our incentive to keep on doing the things that are ungodly. Well, let me share a text with you today. 2 Corinthians 1.20. The word of the Lord says in 2 Corinthians 1.20. For all the promises of God in him are yea. And in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Mm -hmm. Come on. Not just this one promise, in him is yea and amen, mm -hmm. but wow. Corinthians says, for all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him are amen. So all the promises of God are yea and amen. Not just the promise of his return. Every promise God has ever made. God's promises are made for the purposes of his own will. And when God makes a promise, you will experience that his will will be done through his promise. The promises of God or the promises of God are unfailing and unchangeable and are always fulfilled for his glory and for our profit. Why should we have any suspicion about the fulfillment of the promises made by God who cannot lie? God cannot lie. Why you can lie and I can lie, God cannot lie. So if he speaks something out of his mouth, if he make any promises, it must come to pass. This is why he says, my word shall go out and not return unto me void. It will accomplish everything I wanted to accomplish. God can't help it. Everything that flows from him is righteous and holy and right and will accomplish his 
will. He let them to try. It is just the way it is because he's God Almighty and everything is encompassed in him. He is the one that holds it all together. So he, when he speaks, when he makes a promise, you best believe that promise is coming to pass. Amen. Every promise of God partakes. Listen to this. Every promise of God partakes of his divine nature. Something which comes distinctly from his person, which he will continue to own as his. Though it may have been spoken two or three thousand years or even longer, guess what? It doesn't matter. It is still his promise. And whatever promise he makes, it's his reputation. It's who he is. And if God make a promise that don't come through, then why should we believe any other promise that he makes? But I'm here to tell you, he's never made one promise to us that did not come to pass, that was not fulfilled, because all the promises of God, in him or yea, in him or amen. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He made the promise that he will come again, that he will return for his church, his body, his bride, and we must not doubt that he will return for his church. He's coming back for those who are living in Christ and those who are sleeping in Christ. Amen. (laughs) Listen to this. We Christians speak of our brothers and sisters in Christ when they die as falling asleep. Jesus started this thing. If you go back and look, it wasn't our doing. Jesus. When Lazarus died, Jesus says, he's asleep. <laughs> and the disciples like, what is he talking about? He's dead. Then Jesus turned around and said, okay, he's dead. I can just picture that scene like it was like yesterday. He's telling them Lazarus is asleep. And they're all, instead of them saying, okay, I guess death means sleep to the master. That's not what they did. They went about talking about whispering to themselves like, is he crazy? <laughs> he said Lazarus is sleeping. We know he's dead. Now, I don't think I would have did that as the disciples back then. There's some things they did I know I would do. But when he said he was asleep, I would have never assumed anything other than, oh, the master got on some different things. Sleeping means dead. That's what I would have said. But listen to this. The sentiment comes out of the word cemetery, which means sleeping place. Mm. Cemetery means sleeping place. Because the cemetery which means sleeping place is a sleeping place then it also means it's a place where you're going to be awakened. Mm. (laughs) Your bed is a sleeping place. Your couch is a sleeping place. Your floor is a sleeping place. For some people, your closet is a sleeping place. But I'm here to tell you, if you have a place where you sleep at, trust me, you will one day awake from that place where you're sleeping. And so the cemetery is a sleeping place. But you best believe there's coming a day when you will be awakened. It's coming a day when you will rise up from that sleeping place because God promises a yay and amen. And he's coming back again. Somebody say he's coming back again. He's coming back again. Amen, amen. It may seem like mankind has been waiting a really long time for his promise of his second coming. And that may be so, but a thousand years.
is, is a short time with God. So we're crying about, oh, what's taking so long? This can't be true. This can't be real. What's taking God so long? Well, I'm here to tell you, a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. That's how he rolls, right? We're the one that's that's that we're, we're we're the ones that's trapped in time. Right. God operates out of time. So what you're thinking is long, God is saying, those poor souls, because they're stuck in time, they think it's long. But I'm everlasting to everlasting. I don't operate in time. And the only way we will understand why it hasn't happened yet is if we weren't operating in time. Because it wouldn't seem like a long time to oh, us. Lord. But because we're operating in time, we're saying when is this dude coming? He must not be coming. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some count slackness, but is long-suffering to you, Lord. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Listen to me. The Lord is not idle. He's not a bit busy why he has not returned yet. Nothing has held him up. He's not spinning like a gig. Some people know what that means. He's not just preoccupied, lost doing something, supposed to be doing one thing over here, but got caught up doing another thing over there. He's not doing that. Why then does he not come? Why is he coming if he's not idling? If he's not busy? If he's not spinning like a gig, why hasn't he come as he promised? Somebody say, why? 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 Glad you asked. <laughs> you know why? He is long-suffering towards us. Amen. He is long-suffering towards us. Mm. Here we are being silly and selfish. I'm going to throw selfish word in there. Because all we're thinking about is, come back for me. Why haven't you come back for me? And he is letting us know he's long-suffering. What does long-suffering mean? Long-suffering means bearing injuries or provocations for a long time. Exceeding patience. Long endurance. Patient with offense. So when you offend him, he's patient. Mm -hmm. What are we going to be patient with offense when somebody offends us? You know what God knows? <laughs> Man, I hope I can get through this message today. The Holy Ghost is, is, is really moving on me. <laughs> the Lord said, Father, forgive them, mm -hmm. for they know not what they do. Mm -hmm. And as soon as somebody does anything to us, all of a sudden, we want to respond. How could they? And why could they do this to me? Mm. When are we going to be like Jesus and really realize right away what they're doing? They don't really understand. My Lord. Let's just take it for this general sense. My Lord. If you start treating me a certain way or doing me wrong, you're on the wrong side of God. Amen. <laughs> So, what idiot, what crazy person would understand that if they treat me wrong and do me wrong, they're on the wrong side of God and they're not going to heaven if they stay in that state? What person does that? Mm -hmm. Come on, preacher. It's because they're ignorant. They don't know. That's why 
they would do it. Come on. So if somebody treats you wrong and do all kind of crazy things, it's not so hard to be like Jesus and say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Because the bottom line is, they will miss out on Christ. They will not get to heaven. When the second coming comes, they will not be caught up. They will not experience eternal life in Christ if they stay on the wrong side of Christ. So they do not, they do not know what they do. Amen. Who does that? Amen. They don't know what they do. And if they continue, they will spend eternity in hell. So why would I get all worked up and upset when I know, man, they're trending in the wrong way. They're trending in the wrong way. Mm -mm. When, when Stephen, Stephen or Stephen, whichever way you want to call it, the guy that got stoned in the book of Acts, when they stoned him and he was about to die, he says, Lord, hold not this charge to them. Because he understood. If you hold it to them, they can't go to heaven. Stephen was going to heaven. And so while his spirit was leaving him, he was dying. He knew he was going to spend eternity with Jesus. So he said, Lord, hold not this charge to them. So they can have an opportunity to go to heaven as well. If he would have said, because he had a real tight relationship with God. Can you imagine? Maybe he would have said, hold this charge to them. He would have missed out on heaven. That's true. He would have missed out on heaven, not Amen. them. Because the bottom line is, if you don't forgive, you can't be forgiven. Amen. Help me, Jesus. Wow. Holy, Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Help us, oh God. I think we take the long suffering of God as an acceptance for us to continue in our ungodly behavior. We're always looking for angles. And God is trying to do what's good for us. And instead of us opening our eyes to see that God is trying to do what's good for us, we look for the angle. Ooh. He's not striking me down. He's not sending me to hell right away. So you know what? <laughs> Let me keep on trying to do as much as I can. That's how we roll. We're looking for angles to keep indulging in our lust. We're looking for angles to keep on doing our own thing when God is on the opposite spectrum saying, I'm long-suffering. I'm trying to reach your soul. I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to show you goodness. And you're trying to figure out a way how to keep being ungodly. We're on the opposite spectrum of God. We're trying to do our best to get over. We're trying to do our best to fulfill our lustful desires. And God is saying, I'm only giving you this time so you can turn it around. Amen. But we're not trying to turn it around. We try to indulge as much as we can. Here's a secret, church. The longer you indulge in your lust, in your lifestyle, in what you like, and re reject or ignore God's word, mm -hmm the harder it's ever going to be to change. Amen. That's so, a lot of times, here's the mind game we play. I'll get it together. But you don't realize while you're saying you'll get it together, you're still indulging in ungodly things. And you get to the place where you're so consumed that you can't change. Listen to me. Listen to this. Let me show you how powerful what I'm saying is real. Our world has changed our behavior since Corona. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Our world. Yes. Watch and see how quickly we go back mm -hmm. 
to how we used to live when corona is not that significant anymore. So what is that telling you? We always go back to the things that we're accustomed to. And so the longer you stay indulged in something, the harder it is to ever getting out of it. But we're fooling ourselves and telling ourselves, I'll do it. I'll get out of it. I'll get through this. I'll, you're, you're fooling yourself if you keep saying that, but you're not doing anything to get out, to move past it, to stop doing it. You're fooling yourself. Because it will be so consuming after a while that even if you get out for a second, even if you get out for a week, that's why some people, help me, Holy Ghost, some people come to church, the Word of God, just like right now for some of you, the Word of God is being preached to your soul, and you're saying, yes, Lord, it's true, and you're agreeing, and you're wanting God to touch your life, and you want to be moved by the power of God to the point where some of you who aren't baptized will get baptized and get filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And guess what? After about two weeks, three weeks, a month, you drift back into living the way you used to live. Because we were so consumed by that lifestyle that we can't get away from it even when we say that we want to. His long suffering allows us to experience His grace and mercy. His grace gives us what we don't deserve. His mercy withholds what we do deserve. His long suffering gives some people time to turn their life around. Yeah. He has given people the opportunity to come to him. Oh, to show them he loves them. And he has given them the opportunity to show them how much he want to work in their life. Withholding his judgment doesn't mean judgment isn't coming. True. Withholding his judgment does not mean judgment isn't coming. Don't be fooled. God is not mocked. Oh. He will judge all. In his absolute perfect time, he will still judge. Don't be fooled. God is not lost. We must believe that he's coming back again. If he made a promise, he surely will fulfill that promise. My Lord. Ezekiel 18 and 21. But if the wicked will turn from all his sins that he had committed and keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. Here he is again, being long-suffering. If the wicked will turn from his sin. He said, it doesn't matter how wicked and evil you are. Some of us is not even wicked and evil. We're going to think we're good, but I'll let you go with that. But if you're not even killing people and, 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 and coming against God's church, you're not wicked and evil. But he said, he, he took it to the extreme, the wicked and the evil. Even the wicked and the evil. People you would never give a chance to. God has given them a chance to say, if you will repent, if you will turn your life around and come to me, I will help you. I will forgive you. Verse 22, all his transgressions that he had committed, they shall not be mentioned unto him. In his righteousness that he had done, he shall live. God is saying, if you evil and you wicked and you will turn yourself around and you will come to him, he won't even remember your sins anymore. He will only look at the things that you do righteously after you get saved. What kind of God is this? He's long-suffering, but we can't sleep on him and thinking that his long-suffering means we can continue to live how we want and indulge in our lust. God is not slack concerning his promise. If he made a promise, he certainly will bring it to pass. Verse 23 says, have I, this is God, have I any pleasure at all that 
the wicked should die. He said the wicked. He didn't say, have I any pleasure that the nice people, the good people should die. He took it to the extreme. Have I any pleasure that the wicked should die, saith the Lord God, and not that he should return from his ways and live. So God is saying, I have no pleasure in the wicked dying. I have no pleasure in the wicked not turning from his wicked ways and come to me and live. God is loving, but he also executes perfect justice. His perfect love causes him to be merciful to those who would recognize their sin and turn back to him. But he cannot ignore those who willfully sin. He takes no joy in punishing the ungodly, but make no mistake about it. If we don't obey him, punishment from God will come. He prefers that we turn to him and have eternal life. However, the promise of judgment and destruction... It, it will show that God will do what he has to do. Right. He loves you. He loves me. In case you're wondering or maybe slightly doubting what seemed to be a delay in his return, think about this. When has God ever failed to keep a promise? Mm -hmm. Never. And he will not fail now. Think about this. When has God ever fulfilled a promise in quite the exact way and time you smart people thought he would? <laughs> right? So all of us that are intelligent. Remember that guy that went around saying when the Lord was going to return? All of us are trying to, 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 to predict when, you know, what time, how God will fulfill a promise. I'm not, I don't care how you make the hot dog. I just want to know his name. Right. I don't know how God does these things. I don't know how he parted the Red Sea. I don't know. All I hear that, he parted it. I don't know how he forgives me and removes my sin. And some of us get so caught up in the process. Mm. You're not God. Yeah. You don't know how it my works. God. I don't need to know how it works. That's as good. long as yeah. I know it works. And yeah. how he washes away my sin, I don't know. That's how he good. forgives me, I don't Come know. On. I just know it works. That's right. And that's what I care about. Stop worrying about the process and worry about obeying God. Amen. Help us, Jesus. What could God possibly wait, be waiting for? Well, look around us at needy souls. I get this. Lost without a Savior. Ignorant of God's promise. If you don't sorrow in your heart for the loss, you have missed the point of God's patience. So here's what the problem is. Because we only care about ourselves, here we go again. We only care about what happens to us. We don't realize the long-suffering of God, why he's long-suffering to usward. He's long-suffering to usward because he cares about every single soul. He doesn't want any soul to perish. So he's long-suffering in destroying this world because he's giving every soul the opportunity to be saved. And so instead of looking around and saying, why don't he come back? How about we get together and help him reach the lost people and help him reach those that don't know who he is? How about we get together and start looking around and see who we can love better, who we can teach better, who we can disciple better, who we can break the word of God to better? Because that's what he wants. That's why he's long-suffering. That's why he's just waiting because he wants to see the world saved. Oh, my God. And so, I bring this to a close in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. 
The same text we read earlier. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is long-suffering and passionate. He wants us to be saved. He wants to save as many people as possible who will respond to him, his word, in faith and obedience. He is not willing that any should perish. He does not desire or wish for any of us to perish. His nature is benevolent and he is sincere. His desires for his desire for eternal life for all of us, for happiness for all of us. That's his desire. His patience towards sinners proved that he is willing that they should be saved. Oh my goodness. We don't have patience with each other and, and we're not the one that created each other. My Lord. God is having patience with his creation and how dare we not realize that we need to have patience with them True. because we didn't create them. And if the one that created them is taking a sweet time to make sure they are in the best possible situation, then we need to make sure we do it. Listen, God is the Savior. Yes, he is. Look at Matthew one twenty one, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. God wants to save you. God wants to save you. God became a man. The almighty invisible God became a man so he can be the propitiation for your sin. So he can be the substitute. So he can be the lamb slain for you because there was no other way to get you saved. And so he had to become a human to save you. Because as a spirit, he couldn't do that to save you. Because it requires blood. A spirit don't have blood. So God had to become a human who has blood. To shed that precious blood. And guess what? There is no human that ever walked the earth that, ever, that never sinned. Except for Jesus Christ. So his blood is precious. That's why we say the precious blood of Jesus. Because it's not tainted. Because it's not mixed with anything ungodly. Our blood is tainted from our grandfather, from our father, and from what we have done too. But but his blood is not tainted. It's pure. It's holy. It's, it, it's, it's just the most precious thing there is. It's the most precious commodity. And that's why his blood is the redeeming factor in saving us. Amen. Because there is nothing more precious than the blood of Jesus. Yes. My blood and your blood is not that precious. It's tainted. Yes. His blood is precious because it's not tainted. And he came into this world and became one of us. And hear me somebody. He didn't become a God as man and, and exercises godly authority over things. No, he operated as a human. That's why he cried. That's why he hungered. That's why he thirsted because he allowed his human uh, uh, the, the human part of him to reign and to, and to be the thing that he operated in. And so God went through all of that to save you and I. Amen. He's the savior of the world. It's not his will that we should perish. He's long-suffering. Luke 19 and 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. 1 Timothy 1, 15 through 17, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. 
That's what Paul says. I'm right there with you, Paul. He got me a little bit, and he got you a little bit because he was persecuting the church. We never did that. Did you? I don't know. Howbeit, for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long-suffering. Mm. <laughs> for a pattern to them which hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. So Paul, the apostle Paul is letting us know Jesus showed him long-suffering. That's why he was able to be saved. Because all his life, he was persecuting the people of God. And what Paul is really saying is, God could have cut off my life right then and there when I was living in sin and doing wrong. But he did not. He gave me the opportunity to be saved. He was long-suffering towards me. And just like Jesus Christ is long-suffering toward the Apostle Paul and to me and to you, he is being long-suffering to all of us. So we can all get saved but we can't just continue to go in the way that we want and ignore that God is long suffering because the day will come when the curtains will come up and Jesus will return because he made a promise that he shall return and if we don't get together right now and we don't begin to put pressure and operate like this is it and this could be our last time our last opportunity if we don't get to that place, we probably can miss out on the eternal life promised to us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There should be no question in your mind that Jesus wants to save you. The question is, do you want to be saved? There should be no question. After all I've expressed to you this morning, there should be no question. That Jesus wants you to be saved. The question is, do you want to be saved? Will you stand with me? Glory to God. If you want to be saved, you can be saved. The good news is, Corona can't stop you from getting saved. Come on. Now, saving, being saved, don't mean you stand where you are and recite this prayer about you believe that Jesus died and rose for your sin and you accept him as Lord and Savior that's, that's, that's not how you get saved that, that's just the beginning you can say that but that's just the beginning you, you have to know who Jesus is you have to realize that Jesus Christ is almighty God manifest in the flesh right? right? and then you will understand that part that he died and he rose yes right. those are all right but when you understand all that, then you have to do something about it. You want me to mess with you a little bit more? For God so loved the world that he just chilled in heaven. All he did was sat on his throne in heaven and says, I love them. I really love them. They are just wonderful. Is that what he did? Did he, did he just gave lip service and say what he believed? Oh, man, I believe in my children and that they will get saved. I love them. Or did he love the world so much that he became a man by coming to this world through the Virgin Mary? Huh? Yeah. He loved us so much that he put some action behind what he said he is. He says he's love. And he showed us how love operates. And so he did something to save us. He came to this world knowing that he was coming to die. Mm -hmm. He did something to save us. Yes, he uttered it first. 
Yes, he spoke it first, but then he did something. So I'm here to tell you today, you can speak that word to say, I believe Jesus Christ is Almighty God. I believe he died and he rose on the third day and, 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 and for my sins and for, my, and for me to be saved. I believe those things. Amen. And you should believe those things. And those things are true. But that's not where you walk away and say, I'm saved. Mm -hmm. Because all you did was speak words. You spoke words that you believe, and that's fine. But then you have to do something. There's always a ceremonial way of accepting a covenant. And when you get saved, what you're doing is you're entering into a covenant. And if you study throughout the Bible, every covenant that God made with man, there was a ceremonial way. Whether it's, 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 it's worship, whatever it is, and whether it's the salt covenant, whatever it is, there was always a ceremonial way of now entering into that covenant. And if you're going to say... I believe Jesus Christ is God Almighty. If you're going to say, I believe that he, 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 he came to this earth and he died and, and he rose on the third day for my sins and for, for me to be saved, that's a start. But you still have to now go through the action of the ceremony. Here is the action in Acts 2.38. The Bible says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent. First thing you got to do. So now it's not just saying things. Now you got to do something. Repent. Next thing, and be baptized. Okay? So now you got to be submerged in water. All of us have to do that. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. You don't get submerged in the water in the title Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The devil is not afraid of the title Father. The devil is not afraid of the title Son. The devil is not afraid of the title Holy Spirit. The devil is afraid when you say Jesus because the Bible says demons tremble at the mentioning of his name. Yeah. So that name causes something to happen. There's power in the name. So it's the name of Jesus that we must be baptized in. Right? And then it says for the remission of sins. And remember I told you, I don't know how he removed the sins in water, but he does. For the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He says, I will infill you with my spirit. And listen, God is not selfish as we know. Because here we go in 39. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. I love the Lord. I love him. He tells, he, he speaks directly to you and then says, but it's not just for you. It's going to be for everybody. He loves all. He loves all of us. He says, the promise unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Listen, verse 40. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. I'm pausing on that because you see that they did something. Just like Jesus did something by coming to the earth. When, the, when, when those people first got saved in the book of Acts, when they heard everything and they spoke the things that they were supposed to speak, mm -hmm. action. Come on. They got baptized. They got baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Listen to me. Be ready to meet Jesus Christ at any time, mm -hmm. even today. Mm -hmm. Yet, serve him as though he may return in a few years. Be ready 
to meet Jesus Christ right now. Serve him as though he could return in a few years. That's the position that we must take. That's the position that we must take. The position of obeying him to be saved. Obeying his commands to repent of our sins, to be baptized in Jesus' name, to be filled with his spirit, and live a holy, righteous life by serving him. So we're ready if he returns right now, but we're going to serve him like we have a couple years before he returns. Right. Now, this is a good time for us to repent. This is a good time for us to ask Jesus to save us. This is a good time to ask Jesus to touch us in a special way. This is a good time to make Jesus Lord of your life. This is a good time to turn your life over to the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other time better than the present. We don't know when he will return. All I know is he wants to save you. That's all I know. He wants to save you. He wants to save me. But it works together. He does his part and we must do our part. He wants to save us. Glory to God. Even some of us that might feel like we've been living for God, we've got to look at this thing new every day. God, am I really living a saved life? God, am I saved? We have to examine ourselves every day to make sure if we need saving, we cry out to him to save us and do whatever is necessary to be saved. And he will save us. Mm -hmm. Let's go before the Lord today. Father, in the name of Jesus. If there's anyone today under the sound of my voice that you have spoken to their heart, you have given them clear understanding that you want them to be saved. That, Lord God, you have not returned yet. All because you are long-suffering towards them because you want to see them saved. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that, Lord, today will be their day. I pray that today, Lord God, they will respond to the opportunity to be saved, Lord God. To surrender their life, Almighty God, to you, Lord Jesus. Not by just words spoken, but by actions that they will do as their ceremonial response to being part of the body of Christ. Lord, have your way. Lord, will you touch us? Lord, help us, oh God, to be refocused. You reminded us today, my God, that your promise that you have made, you will fulfill it. You're just being long-suffering, but we don't know, Almighty God, when that time will come to an end, when that time of long-suffering will come to an end. And I pray today, Lord God, that you will awaken, that you will provoke, that you will stir up every one of us, Lord God, to get to the place, Lord Jesus, where we will respond to the Word of God even now, Lord God. I pray that somebody, in the name of Jesus Christ, will give their life to you right now. If there's somebody hearing me under the sound of my voice right now, if you're hearing me, somebody listen. Oh, if you have not given your life to God, if you have not repented of your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, 
Oh, will you do so today? Will you call us? Will you text us? Will you reach out to us? We will come and we will baptize you so your sins can be washed away, so you can be added to the body of Christ, so you will be positioned and ready and waiting for his return while serving him. Somebody hear me today. Don't put it off anymore. Don't put it off any longer. This is your invitation. This is God's call for you to be saved. Somebody hear me today. Don't turn away from what God is saying unto you, but respond in obedience. Respond to his word and do what he wants you to do. For God wants to change your life. He wants to transform your life and it will never be the same again. His desire is for you to be saved. His willingness is for you to be saved. His passion is for you to be saved. But do you today want to be saved? God wants you to be saved. But will you accept his invitation to be saved? Oh my God, will you help us today? Oh my God, will you move on us right where we are that the power of God will overshadow us, Lord God, and that we can respond. Somebody hear me. You have to redo what you thought you did to be saved in the past. There were many years ago that you thought you got saved, but I'm here to tell you, God is telling me to tell you, oh, will you do what you just heard preach? Don't you worry about what you did years ago. God wants you to be rebaptized. God wants you to recommit your life to him. God wants you to surrender your life to him because his return is at hand. His second coming is at hand. He's ready to return to this world. He has been long-suffering for a long time, but the hour is coming, and he's reaching for you because he loves you so deeply, because he has a passion, because he wants to see you saved. It's his will that you be saved, but today you must answer the call of God. You must answer his invitation as Savior for your life and get saved and make him Lord of your life. This is your day. This is the hour. The Son of Man can return any day now, any moment now. Let's prepare ourselves to meet him. Let's prepare ourselves to be saved and spend eternal life with him. Somebody say yes to his will today. Somebody answer the call of God today. Somebody hear me today. Don't take this word for granted. Don't take it lightly. Don't reject it. Don't dismiss it. But do something today. This could be your last opportunity to respond to his saving grace. <laughs> oh, God, have your way. Oh, we bless your name, oh, God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Why don't you pray right now? Why don't you pray right where you are right now that God will help you, that God will direct you, that God will show you what you need to do. Father, you know what's needed in every life today. You know what's needed. Will you make it clear to us? Will you give us instructions with clarity what we must do to be saved in the name of Jesus? That we will not, oh God, resist or reject, but we will embrace. Somebody hear me today. 
you have strayed away from God. You know you have indulged in your own lust. And God is saying, come back unto me. Come back unto me. Come back unto me. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It is not God's will that the ungodly, that the wicked, that the sinner remain in their sin. It is God's will that they come out. It is God's will that they are saved. It is God's will that they experience eternal life. Oh, hallelujah. One day with the Lord is like a thousand years. And when we're on his side, experiencing that one day as a thousand years, oh, it's sweeter than the honey of the honeycomb. But when we're on the other side, the other side that, that, that keeps us away from him, we feel like it's been a long time. Somebody come over to his side. Somebody get into his presence. Somebody really seek God today in prayer and let God direct you. I'm here waiting for someone to tell me they want to be saved. I will come where you are, or I'll bring you to where I am and baptize you in his name that your sins will be washed away, remitted. Oh, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Respond to him today. Don't let this escape your grasp, but receive the word of the Lord. Receive the engrafted word of God today. Oh, I get Raise him up to serve you. Raise him up, Lord God, to do your will. Let him be 
in a vessel that you can work through, Almighty God. Oh, Father, I pray the fear of the Lord will rest upon him. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come here, my daughter. Oh, hallelujah. Father, she's your vessel. She's your instrument. You have purpose for her. You have blessed her with gifts and talents. Will you manifest them, Lord God? Will you give her courage and boldness to serve you and to do your will? Lord, will you overshadow her by your presence and your power? That, Lord God, she'll be consumed with the thoughts and the will of God. Will you bless her and keep her? Let your face shine upon her and be gracious unto her. Oh, God, we thank you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for our families. Lord, strengthen our families. Bind our families closer together. I pray the fear of the Lord will come upon our families. That, Lord, all our families will be, oh God, united in you. We'll become one in you. That we will serve you together as family. That we will live together in you as family. Oh God, I pray for the miraculous and the divine and sovereign power of God to bring us in oneness right relationship with you that our homes will be filled with your presence your power will overshadow us and oh god we will be the law the light that we're supposed to be the salt that we're supposed to be oh help us to be who we are lord god we love you jesus bless each and every home represented here today lord god that they will experience the goodness financial blessings spiritual blessings in your home. Oh, yes, Lord God. Bless our marriages and strengthen our marriages, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. There is none like you. Lord, we humble ourselves to you. Oh, God, we're in awe of you. We're in awe of you. How much do we need you? How much do we need you? And we can't do without you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's thank the Lord one more time. Let's clap our hands and thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for spending your time with us today and with the Lord. We were together but the Lord was in the midst of us. And there's nothing better than being in the midst of his presence. We thank God for you and for just you being with us and for allowing the Lord to touch you in a special way. Oh, hallelujah. God is good. Please, allow this word to just continue to move your soul. Allow this word to really challenge you throughout this day, throughout the week to come. Trust God. Obey Him. I love you, church. I love every one of you. And I pray God's very best for you. And if there's anything at all that I can do to be of assistance, to help you in any way, please don't hesitate to reach out. Whatever I can do. You have a wonderful day. You have a blessed day. And we will 
get together again on Thursday for Bible study, Saturday for corporate prayer, and again Sunday at 10.30. Love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.